Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit northmonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. Ooh, it's good to be home. Gosh, it's good to be home. Gee whiz. Y'all gonna have to give me a minute. Um, I'm not used to this spot. I miss the green that was, come on, in the West. Come on, y'all help me here. That, I'm, I'm used to that. So y'all got to give me a second and, uh, and, and cash in. So y'all, I'm, um, I'm not Pastor Bill. Uh, you got that already. Um, so my name is Vincent Smith. For those who do not know me, uh, I served here as a student pastor uh, from 20, Lord Jesus, I forgot, 2010, uh, 2015, was it 2015? Well, no, I don't know, I forgot. Um, but y'all, God has been so good to me uh, in the time that I got a chance to serve here, was a college student who was worshiping in church here. Um, y'all, God has been good. Okay, can y'all, y- y'all give me a second. I'm, uh, I'm home, so I'm gonna act like I'm at home. Um, indulge me for just a second. Um, are there any, just any, any in that time, whether it was at a D now, whether it was at, uh, I pulled up at your school, are there any of my former students, can y'all wave your hands at me up in here? Hey, y'all, my people, hey. Ooh, y'all look good. Katie, hey, I see you back there, how you doing? It's so good to see everybody, y'all. You gotta give me a second, it's gonna be, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be home. I'm sorry, Pastor Bill, I'm going to keep it fast. All right, so um, real quick while I'm doing all that, if you have your Bibles, go to 2 Kings chapter 2. Um, we're going to start at verse 9. Um, I got my whole family here with me. My wife is here with me, my daughter, my sister, my dad, my aunt, my mom. Uh, then I see all of y'all. I see everybody. I see Don over there. Uh, what's up, Don? Um, uh, Charlie back there, Andrew. Coach Fitz in here somewhere. He texts me right up there. I got to silence my phone now. Somebody texts me again. Um, but y'all, it's just good to be home. Okay, I'm sorry. I promise I'm going to preach. I'm going to do what I came to do. So 2 Kings chapter 2, um, starting at verse 9. I'm going to read that real quick and tell you where we're going. Then I'm going to set you up. So when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and the horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elisha went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. And he saw him no more. That he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces, and he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Let me stop right there. Okay, um, some of y'all are in this room, <clears throat> grew up in this area like I did, um, born and raised right up in here in Monroe, and there was this brilliant place um, that we called Fun Factory. <clears throat> Anybody remember Fun Factory? Um, for the people who were my age, used to go to Fun Factory. If we were excited, um, it was an insurance liability for our parents. Um, but that place was amazing. Now, here's the thing. I had my 10th birthday party at Fun Factory. It was amazing. Best birthday party of all time. Um, but I didn't know what was going to happen. 
it was a popular place. You had to reserve it. You know what I mean? And so I didn't know it was going to happen. So here's how this worked. Uh, my mom and my dad kind of set me up. This is the way I remember it. If I'm wrong, you tell me later, but not right now. Okay. Um, but the way I remember it was they essentially told me, um, hey, I need you to go and do this. And, and when you do this, uh, I've got something for you. Um, short story, it was a bribe. Um, they were trying to get me to do chores and be obedient to what they asked me to do. And then I would find out, surprise, we're having your party at Fun Factory. Well, I didn't know that going into it. So guess what I'm doing? I'm begrudging, like, I don't want to do all this. I don't want to be over here and all this. But it was a setup. They were trying to get me to understand or give me an opportunity to have this experience. They were trying to set me up for an experience they wanted me to have that I didn't know anything about. Said, said the same. They were setting me up for an experience I didn't know anything about, okay? But it was marked to my obedience in doing what they asked me to do. This is kind of what happens in 2 Kings right here. I know I'm trying to slow into it, but we, trust me, we got some gas here to come, okay? Um, the thing about this passage that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is that it's marked by people who aren't family, kind of. Let me explain this way. Um, there are people who are in your life right now who you have relationship with, okay? Um, some of you came in here with mom and dad and cousins and brothers and whoever here this morning, and some of you, um, you you're here, and that's not who you brought, okay? You're connected by friendship. You're connected um, by other relationship. And uh, what I'm trying to explain to you is, is that relationships are important regardless of whether you are birthed into them or you just walk into them in the seasons of your life. I'm making sense. Just nod your head at me. Y'all gonna have to talk back to me. I'm at home now. Okay. You talk back. Okay. Um, so it's like this. Elijah and Elisha have a very unique relationship. Okay. It's unique because I know the name sounds similar, but they're not related. Okay. Elijah and Elisha are two prophets, okay? Now, here's how this works. Um, this is his spiritual son. Elisha is the spiritual son of Elijah. Okay, I've lost you already. Let's just call them junior and senior. That work, we work with that? Okay, let's just call them junior and senior. So, junior, Eli, uh, senior, Elijah, and junior, Elisha, are in a relationship as it pertains to walking in obedience with the Lord. These are prophets. God has called them with a unique and specific calling of ministry. You still with me? Just nod your head. Okay, so here's how it goes. Um, you have read your Bible. I know this is a Bible educated. Yes, I said educated church. Pastor Bill teaches you well. Every Sunday morning, I watch, I tune in, even when I'm at my own church. Here's what I know. Some of you may be familiar with the story of Elijah. If you're not, let me set it up for you real quick. Elijah has been obedient to God. He's been a prophet of God. And now God is about to take him up by whirlwind fire because also of his obedience. So a transition of ministry is about to take place, all right? So Elisha, who is the spiritual son, that's Junior, is about to watch Elijah go, and he's going through it because this is a painful experience. Okay, let me go back for a second. Verse one in this chapter. Um, now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, 
Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master over you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep quiet. Verse four, Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, this is Junior talking now, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, this is happening again. You do know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you. And he answered, yes, I know. Keep it quiet. Do you ever have those moments when you are already emotionally pent up and somebody keeps saying, hey, you know what's going to happen? Like, stop talking. That's what Junior is saying right here. I already know. I'm aware. Keep it quiet. I'm having to deal with this. He said, yes, I know. Keep it quiet. Then Elisha said to him, please stay here. For the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, this is Junior talking, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. As they both were standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted from one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Pastor Vince, what in the world does this have to do anything with me? And why'd you read all that text? Well, let me explain something to you. As I thought about what would I talk about as I'm coming back home? Bob, as I was coming back home, I said, how can I honor this place that has invested something into me? How can I honor this place that has poured into my life? Um, You do realize that investment and discipleship Um, is a partnership, okay? It wasn't just Pastor Bill and Uncle Warren and the likes of Bill Ashburn pouring into my life. No, I am because of you. Say amen, somebody. Okay, um, now, how can I honor this well? Well, here's the thing. Y'all, this passage is about discipleship and sonship that has nothing to do, here it is, with somebody that you birthed. You do know it's possible for you to invest your life into somebody who does not have your last name or carry your bloodline. You, as a child of God, have a responsibility for investing what is in you into somebody else. And that is the relationship, Don, that we see right here with Elijah and Elisha. That's what we see. It's an investment relationship. So I want to talk about it. Um, Here's the first thing that we see. We're talking about this spiritual father in Elijah. Um, He has something to give his son. Look at verse nine. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. It's a really small verse. You may not understand the full meaning of it. So I'm trying to make it make sense. Okay. Elijah is a spiritual father of Elisha. God has taken Elijah through various things in his life. God has led Elijah all the days of his life. God has had to speak to Elijah, even in 1 Kings chapter 19, to tell him about this guy named Elisha. He says, this guy is going to be your successor. Go back and read in your quiet time. 1 Kings 19, he tells me, this guy is going to be your successor. Here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to go and throw your cloak or your jacket or your mantle on him. Does not make a whole lot of sense to you, but there's a spiritual significance in that act. That spiritual significance is this, is that this guy is going to be worthy to receive the investment that the prophet Elijah is going to give to him. So it just looks like he's throwing a piece of clothing on him, but it has spiritual significance. And so when that happens, it's good. When that happens, Elisha leaves what he was doing to go and follow after, here it is, Elijah the prophet. Now, you don't understand. When Elijah the prophet found Elisha, he was working in his dad's field. Um, he, was, he was working for his father. He was being obedient to his father. Now watch this. Um, y'all, I need you to understand this. Um, if you want to do what God calls you to do, here it is, be obedient to your last instruction. Before God sent <laughs> Elijah to Elisha, he was being obedient and submissive to who God had already placed in his life until God brings around Elijah and said, hey, listen, look, you, you right here, you'll be my successor. I want you to follow me. Here's the best part about it, though. Um, Elijah is about to pass on something to somebody who's not his child. This sounds like very basic preaching because it is. Watch this. Um, you have a responsibility to pass on what God gave you to somebody else. Period. But they're, well, they're not my kids. Vince, I don't care. You have responsibility to take on what God has given you to somebody else. But they don't have a last name. I don't care. Discipleship is you invest into others what has been invested to you. Here it is, y'all. But if Elijah doesn't have anything, then he can't invest in him. Here it is. Um, you have to have something in you in order to pour out. Meaning, you can't pour out on empty. Help me somebody. If you're expecting, maybe, oh Lord, maybe, just maybe, we don't take the time to invest into others because there ain't been nothing invested in us. Well, Pastor Vince, I didn't have anybody pour into me. It's not your responsibility to be worried about what somebody else didn't do. You can submit yourself to somebody who's trying to teach you something and to be like Jesus. You have to give something to people behind you. Can I tell you something real quick? Um, um, mentors, especially fathers who put up on Father's Day, the best thing you can give to your children is, is, is not, oh Lord, help, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, it, it, it's not teaching them how to fish. It's not giving them the lake house. It, it, it is not teaching them how to throw a baseball. It's in them seeing you love Jesus. The best thing you can leave in investment to your physical children is watching them watch you love Jesus. Can I tell you something? Um, it's, hmm, manliness is godliness. Oh, Lord, I'm getting in trouble. I know y'all been on Men's Street. Y'all talk about it. Okay, but he be good. He be good. He be good. They need to see you do it. it y'all, ministry is a partnership, meaning somebody else should not be the primary disciple maker for the people that you are supposed to be investing in. Meaning, don't just, Lord, help me. Um, ministry is a partnership. Um, the ministry's here at 
North Monroe, you got great ministries. There's some good ministries. I saw VBS pictures. I was so excited. It's great. God's doing some great things here. But can I tell you something? Um, it's not just on Kenneth and the kids' church to disciple your children. It's on you. Um, but you got to have some in here to be able to give it. That's what Elijah had first to give to Elijah. We got to hurry. Um, he said, he said, when he had crossed, he crossed the Jordan. He asked Elijah, ask what I shall do for you. Ask what I shall do for you. Elijah said this, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. Here's what it is. Um, father's got to have something to give, second part, but sons have to be worthy to receive. Um, it, the way investment works is that you got to have something to give, okay? But the other part is that who you're investing in should have uh, or should be worthy enough to receive. Here, here's what happens here. Um, what Elisha asked for from Elijah before he's taken up is a double portion of his spirit. Uh, let me get in this real quick. Um, you do realize that he's asking for something that doesn't make sense. Let me show you why. Um, one, um, the double portion blessing that Elisha is asking for, watch it, actually applies to a birthright. Meaning the way this was happening in this culture at the time, there was a double portion blessing that went to the firstborn son. Still with me? Okay. Um, here's how it looks. Here's how it looks. Elisha is asking something from his spiritual father, almost in the same way, like he's telling him, hey, you, who are we? You're my dad. He's saying, for what you've invested in me, I'm not saying I don't honor, Lord help. I'm not saying I don't honor who gave me life. But what I am saying is that you have invested so much into me that I look at you <laughs> like a physical father. And here's what I want. I want what you have. Now, I know that um, we're in this stage of life right now that um, we have to do these random and uh, not random, but kind of somewhat awkward things at times. We have to do like estate planning. We got to like pray through things and look through things. We have to start talking about who gets what when someone transitions. And it's always awkward when someone says, well, I want, I want mama's tea kettle set. And it's like, why are you saying that makes me not want to give it to you? You know what I mean? Okay. Look at me. All right. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of awkward because it's like, well, is that what you want? Watch this. Elisha says, I don't want anything you got. I don't want a single tangible thing. He asks, he says, but I want to know Jesus like you know Jesus. He asked for a double portion of his spirit. He's asking, the way you talk to God, I want to talk to him like that and more. That's what I want. May it be said for you that the people who you invest in whether you birthed them or whether they're a part of your life right now, that they don't want your stuff. They want what God has invested in you. I don't want, you, you ought not raise people, invest in people that the only thing that they're looking for is what you can tangibly give them. The best thing that you, if you want to invest in somebody as a disciple maker, if you want to invest in somebody, the best thing you can give is what Jesus gave you.
What Elisha wants is what Elijah has. What Junior wants is what Senior has. And what does he have? An anointing from God that he has relationship with him. What can you give a group of people you want to invest in? The best thing you ought to be able to give them is that you know Jesus. The people you invest in ought to see you pray. The people you invest in, Fitz, ought to see you read your Bible. They ought to see you doing something that is worthwhile. It's tight, but it's right in here this morning. Hear me good. God has placed a mandate on you to disciple, to disciple somebody. You have investment. Oh, and hear me good. It's not just in who you birthed. God wants to use you. (laughs) God wants to use you to disciple others. This is what's happening right here. It's real simple. Elisha wants what Elijah has. And here's what Elijah says. Hey, that's not on me to give. He says, that's on the Lord to say so. So he says, so if you see me go, then you know it'll be happening. He's saying right here, that's on the Lord to give. So what happens? Verse 11, um, as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire. This is amazing. And horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw and he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. And he saw him no more. <laughs> it's good. Um, maybe you missed part of the story. As they were walking, okay, um, each step they were walking, the transition is about to happen. Each step they're walking, God is, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy scene. Elisha's not going to see who he has in front of him again. He's not going to see him again. So it's It's emotional. It's a tough scene. He's not going to see him again. He's got to go. Watch it. Um, When my parents dropped me off here um, to come to school at ULM, um, I was away from their care. Uh, I was by myself. Had to learn how to do things by myself, like wash clothes, uh, things like that. And had to do it by myself. And I had been around the loving care and support of my parents. And then I had to go off and do things by myself. That was hard. It was hard. The scene is, um, senior's about to go and ain't coming back. Elijah might be taken up into heaven and he ain't coming back. And now Elisha has to sit here and grieve. Here's the part, here's me, is that maybe we didn't pay attention to what happened along the walk. Along the walk of Elijah and Elisha's last little trot before he gets taken up into heaven, they're walking And the last part is that they walk over the Jordan River. Okay, did they walk over? Yes, they did. Um, Could you imagine somebody walking up to the Washtenaw River right now, smacking the Washtenaw River with a blazer, and it just splits apart. People walk over on dry ground. Kind of crazy, right? That's what happened. But here's what happens, y'all. They're walking. They're going along. They're going along. And then Elijah, they go over the river, and then Elijah gets taken up in heaven. And Elisha says, my my father, chariots of Israel on his horsemen, and he's gone. But maybe you missed part of the story. When they walked across the river, the river went back to where it was. It's, it's not separated anymore. Elijah's gone. Golly, Elijah's gone. Elijah's by himself. And now Elisha 
has to trust God without the person who invested in him. Y'all, check this out. Um, the best way I can honor this place, like this. Um, y'all, I talk a whole lot more, and he'll be mad at me, a whole lot more to Pastor Bill now. Uh, now that I'm pastoring, half the time that I was serving here. Because y'all, let me tell you something about pastoring. Ooh-wee. Amen. You learn a lot. And watch it. And I'm out in Alexandria by myself. Um, I, 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 could, I could get up and I could walk down the hallway. I can go see uh, Pastor Bill. I can go see Bill Ashford. I can go see Uncle Warren. I can go talk to Blake somewhere down the hallway. And I always had help around me. I was by myself. My spiritual father, Pastor Bill, is right here. When I have a meeting with members, when I have to lead and disciple people, Pastor Bill's out over my shoulder. I'm by myself. I just, um, I'm over here, other side of Jordan. Life's over here. Here comes the river. It's crazy. He says, where is the God of Elijah? Let me tell you what Elijah did for Elisha. You ready? He set him up, Amanda, for an opportunity for him to meet God for himself. Watch it. He walked him to the other side of the Jordan. He walked him over here. <laughs> he was taken up into heaven. And now here's the Jordan by itself. Closed back up. Now, either Elisha is a good swimmer or he's going to have to figure outfits how to get back to the other side. And what the father does is set him up for an opportunity for him to meet God himself. Without any help, watch this, um, y'all, you're going to have to learn how to trust God without the people who invested in you there. Mike, I got down there by myself, man. I ain't had no help. When those staff behind me, it was just me. I had to learn by myself, and I had to trust that everything that the people who had invested in me here was still, listen, God is the same when I have a person with me or when I don't have them. Some of you, you've lost people. Some of you, you've lost loved ones, and the people who used to invest in you, they are no longer there, and you are grieving the fact of their loss. Can I encourage you real quick? I know it's tough. I know it's hard, but maybe, just maybe, you've been set up with an opportunity to meet God by yourself for yourself, Elisha said, where is the God of Elijah? Hits the water, splits, walks back over on dry ground. I like this part in verse 15. I'm about to be done. This is good. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were with Jericho, who were at Jericho, saw him opposite them, they said, the spirit of Elijah pressed on Elisha. <laughs> there was a crowd watching what happened. <laughs> and they say, ooh-wee. Whatever Elijah had, this boy sure enough got. You know what? The more I lead and, and serve people, I get frustrated sometimes. I'm like, golly, I sound like Pastor Bill. <laughs> I'm like, man, I sound like, watch it. Because just because he ain't there with me does not mean the investment's not there. Watch it. Some of the people that invested in you, some of you, 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 you had loved ones who were gone. You had people who invested in you. You had um, disciple makers who discipled you and they're no longer there. That doesn't mean that God has changed. Just because the circumstances change does not mean that God has. And here, here, I, I'm, I'm knocking on your door this morning. You got to hear me in here. You are going to have to trust God without everybody telling you what to do next. 
Elijah was not present to tell Elisha, take up that cloak and hit the wall just like I did. He had to figure it out by himself. You're going to have to figure out how to trust God without all of the instructions. You're going to have to figure out how to trust God when the people who invested with you are not right there looking at you. I have to trust that what was placed in me is enough for me to trust God. I got discipled right out here. God invested in my life right out here. Here it is. And he used people (laughs) just like y'all to invest in me. Where you at, Charlie Adams? People like that took time, invested in me. Warren around here somewhere, people like that took time to invest in me. They didn't birth me, but they invested in me. And when I needed their wisdom, I have to, listen, I got to figure it out. God is consistent. He's unchanging. I'm about to show you real quick a little bit how um, um, I'm a little bit like my pastor. Um, y'all haven't realized how Pastor Bill will start with a story and then he'll come right back around to it at the end. I do that too. Watch this. Okay. So y'all remember how I told you I went to Fun Factory when I was a kid and, uh, Watch it, watch it. Remember, I went to Fun Factory when I was a kid, and, um, and I wasn't going to get a chance to have an opportunity to have the party unless I was obedient. You see me coming. Elijah was not going to have an opportunity to meet God by himself unless he was obedient. If you want to see God for yourself, once you've been discipled, you got to do what he told you to do. But here's my question. Was there an instruction manual? Was God there telling Elisha what to do? Even when you don't know what to do, you know what he did? He said, God, where are you? Have I I got a witness of anybody in here that that's the only prayer you know how to pray sometime? God, where are you at? I'm by myself. (laughs) I'm left by myself. And the people who were poured into me, they ain't here. And I'm by myself. I don't even know how to write the prayer. So God, where are you? And I'm a living witness, so is Elisha right here, that that prayer (laughs) can open up obedience. So here you are weary because you by yourself. You ain't by yourself. You're not. Be obedient to what God calls you to do. And then watch what he does next. Look at me. Trust God. Didn't he get you through it? He'll do it again. Trust God. Trust God. Oh, trust God. Let me pray. Lord, you are good. You're good. God, in those moments and those prayers, we don't even know how to say everything we need to say. God, when we call on you to say, God, where are you? I'm so thankful you hear and you answer prayer. Father, help us to step with obedience even when we don't know what is next. God, help us to walk through in obedience to honor who has invested in us because ultimately, it's all because of you. Father, I pray for that person today who is yet to respond to the good news of your son, Jesus. There was a sacrifice made by him. He laid down his life for all of us that we might have life and life abundantly. I pray if that person has not responded to you today, that they would do so today. God, show us 
how to continue to trust you even when it doesn't make sense. We love you, Jesus, and your name we pray. Amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make Him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.